Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ladies and gentlemen, oh, let's go. We're Brooklyn. We're Brooklyn. We're Brooklyn. Well, actually, I live in Delaware now. So does that make me a Delawarean? Sing it, girl. You know, Beyonce is my friend in my head. They my people sometimes too. You know, when I was a kid, I had an imaginary enemy. Like, does that make me crazy? Does that make me crazy? Life as P presented by Say What Radio. Hey, what's up? What's the deal? It's your girl, Phoenix Ash. Welcome to Life as P. I'm your host. They call me P. If you're a first-time listener, thank you for checking me out. If you hear like echo or you hear me moving around and stuff like that, I'm trying to multitask. So I'm trying to do the show while like straightening up my house and maybe making some dinner early for the boo-boo just so I can get my life together. (laughs) If you're a first-time listener, I want to say thank you. If you're a repeat listener, I want to say thank you. I appreciate you. I spent a lot of time in New York This past week, I went for the Thanksgiving holiday, although it's not much of a holiday that I celebrate, but I'm always thankful for my family, for my friends, and I had a great time. I didn't do the traditional, like, go be with my parents and stuff like that. They got a lot going on at their house, and we agreed that "Mm -mm, (laughs) not this time, but I have a girlfriend similar to me being divorced, because yes, it is official, I am divorced, She and her child's father had broken up a few months ago. And so it's just her and her daughter there. And so it was me and my daughter. So we had like a girl's Thanksgiving and it was wonderful. We went absolutely nowhere. We sat in the house. The girls played, 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 played. We was clean and sanitized and we didn't have (laughs) a bunch of other people in our faces. So we were safe. We did not get on any kind of public transportation. We didn't take a train, a bus, a plane, nothing. We drove. It's only like two and a half hours from where we live. So it was just wonderful. And I'm hoping that you had a great time, whether it be off from work or time with your family or whatever you did. I'm hoping that you had a great time because I feel like at the end of the year, we kind of all need some kind of pick me up. At least I know I do. Shout out to my homegirl who just passed her nursing exam. I'm dumb hype. Y'all don't even know who she is, but I'm dumb hype that she passed. She got a bachelor's in nursing and I'm so freaking proud of her because I've been in her ear for (laughs) the whole time she was in school for this bachelor's. I've been in her ear and I'm like, yes, I can shut up now. She probably happy. I can shut up too. That's probably why she passed. (laughs) But So if you've listened to the show before, you know that I'm thinking of themes and stuff like that. And... The thing that I feel like has been coming up a lot, I'd say over the past couple of weeks that I've seen, and I think I just recognized the pattern the other day, is I feel like I have mastered the ability to grieve and move on at the same time. And I don't take it lightly that it is 
For me and what my life requires, it's an extraordinary skill. And I would implore you to try to figure out how you can use it yourself. Now, understand that I'm not talking about grieving a loved one. If that's what you want to take it as, that's fine. Because for me, it does apply to grieving a loved one. I do not grieve for long. It's not because I'm not attached emotionally. It's not because I don't miss them or wish they were here or I don't feel things deeply. It's because I have a different perspective of the life that they would want me to live and how they would want me to remember them. And I try to do things in honor of them. I try to accomplish things in honor of them. I try to keep them in mind and have them be proud. I try to continue their legacy, pour into their people, support their people. Like the things that I feel like they would do if they were here, I try to do a little bit of that in order to extend their legacy rather than sulk or cry or be in my emotions. However, however you grieve is totally on you. I would never say that my way is better than someone else's way. This is just the way that works for me. But when I talk about grieve or move on, I'm really talking about situations. We grieve situations. So, of course, you know, like in the dating game, right? Where, you know, whoever else is in it. <laughs> it can sometimes be a constant grieving process. Like, damn, that was disappointing. I wanted that to work. But it happens, right? Things happen where connections that you thought were potentially lifelong is just eh, fizzles out. People get irresponsible, unresponsive. People start to invest their interests elsewhere. And what happens between the two of you die down, whatever. And then like people come back around when I guess that didn't work out, whatever. It's a vicious, nasty cycle. But also like in business, in terms of, I remember my girlfriend, she wrote this series called Indigo Haze. And oh my God, for me, it's a series that I totally enjoy. It's a book series. I want to say there's three books in the series. There might be four, but you could actually get it now on Amazon because it's packaged as one book. So you can just get the whole book that has the whole series in it. But either way, I remember when she released that series, Oh my God, that's the alarm going off, y'all. I told y'all I'm like in here multitasking. (laughs) Anyhow, she wrote this series and she was so disappointed in how it did. She knew that she wrote a good story. I knew she wrote a good story. Everyone who read it knew she wrote a good story, but it didn't pick up the traction in the way that she would have liked. It didn't have all the reads all the reviews, pages read, all of that, all the things that we measure in the moment to see how well something is doing. She had said it semi-publicly, but she and I had a little back and forth because I just was like, listen, sis, give it its time. We know that it's good. Give it its time. And I like it. And that comes to mind because I think about my series, Savage Fever. It's picking up, but definitely not at the speed that I think it should be picking up. But I know it's good. I've read the reviews. I see the messages in my inbox. And not everybody who's in my inbox has actually left a review. And I try not to harass people and be like, can you go back and put that on Goodreads? (laughs) Put that on Amazon? But I know that I got to give it its time to do what it does. So although there's that disappointing drop in the stomach, oh, it's not moving as fast or it's not doing things as quickly as I would like it to, 
And I'm grieving the situation because it does feel like grief is so disappointing. It's so disheartening. You start to question, did I do it right? Did I do it justice? Did I do it good? Maybe I'm not as good. All, all those things. Those feelings are natural. So I can't ever tell myself or anyone else not to have those feelings. But those feelings can't make me stagnant. Those feelings can't keep me standing still in the same spot, in the same moment of doubt, in the same moment of, I don't understand what is happening. Why is this happening to me? I thought this and something else came about. Like, I can't take those feelings and like stay here with it. I had a talk with my girlfriend. We were talking about broken hearts and she's known me since I was in the ninth grade. And I'm like, I will not stand and sweep up the pieces of my heart. I'm picking up them pieces on the way. <laughs> As I'm walking to the next destination that may possibly break my heart again, I am picking up the pieces along the way. Because I'm like, let me get moving. Let me get moving. Because that's what makes me feel better is to get moving. Once I see that I have a plan, once I see that I have a goal, once I set my sight on something else, the pain of my past feels further away. It does. And my past could have been yesterday or two hours ago, which is why, like, you know, in the whole dating game, right, you could disappoint the fuck out of me. <laughs> like, I'd be like, damn. But, you know, in an hour, I'm talking to somebody else because I'm like, eh? oh, well, you know, I got to keep it pushing and call it what you may. I'll just be like, I don't have time to sit with feelings that didn't belong to you anyway. When things don't work, I just feel like they're not. One, it wasn't for me. Two, who are you that you deserve so much of my emotion that I should leave my emotion with you? Now nah, I'm going to pick my stuff up and I'm going to go about my business. I'm not going to harass you. I'm not going to stalk you. I'm not going to cry behind you. I'm not going to run behind you. Even with business situations, there were people who came to me was like, oh, I'm going to help you. Or, oh, do you want to turn your books into movies? Oh, I know this person. I can introduce you to this person. And that was all great. Until I found out that those introductions were hinged on a different kind of relationship and me not finding you appropriate for me to have a intimate relationship with closes the door for me. Now, I could run behind you and try to figure out how to manipulate because that's what people do, how to manipulate the situation and make it look like I'm entertaining you or to convince you to lend me the opportunity anyway, but that's just not my thing. That's just not the avenue I'm supposed to take. I never feel like one person has my whole destiny tied up in a one pocket. There's a lot of pockets around, guys. There's, there's a lot of ways to get to where you're going. And sometimes the way you think is faster end up being longer. We talk about that with our parents, right? They're like, man, you know, you think you're taking a shortcut and then you end up doing something twice. So you take longer than what it would take you if you just did it straight up. Your time is your time. It's going to happen in your time. And I've talked about it on the show before, like trying to force things through only to be disappointed after you force them through or only for it to be catastrophic after you force them through is counterproductive. So I'm not trying to force anything. I'm trying to just go with what it is. But... It's not to say that situations won't disappoint you. It's not to say that situations won't break your heart, won't leave you stuck, won't leave you feeling used, 
won't leave you feeling abused, all of that, all of that. And I say that in the most genuine way because, honey, I am super, 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 super sensitive. My daughter's father will tell you something different, but that's just because he's dealing with a different woman right now after all we've been through. <laughs> so he, he got short memory or something. But I'm super, super sensitive. Super sensitive. Feel things extremely deeply. I mean, I guess I'm what people call an empath because I feel other people's pain very deeply. Other people's pain gives me pain. If I see you cry, I'm probably going to cry. But if I see you win, I'm going to celebrate. I'm going to jump up and down and I'm going to have the pom-poms ready. But I can't stay in that spot. I can't stay in that grieving spot. Like, damn, that was the situation I wanted. It was a contest, a BET contest a couple years ago that I was trying to enter. And I was sending them my pitch for a television show. And I was ready. I had it. And I think I talked about it back then, but I had it. I was so ready. And the deadline for them to get back to me, I had not heard from them. And I just was like, oh my God. And the disappointment of like, I guess I didn't make it. But they were supposed to get in touch with me whether I made it or not. So I was extremely disappointed because I was like, oh my God, what is happening? Why aren't they getting back to me? So I go through my email and I go through my junk mail because I'm like, maybe they got back to me and it went to my spam or my junk and I missed it. Well, honey, not only did they get back to me, but they got back to me right away because it was an automated message saying that my file was too big and they couldn't accept it in that way. So I had missed it altogether. If I would have got that message right away, I would have been able to fix the file size, resend, send how I'm supposed to, whatever. You want to talk about some grief? Shit. I was in my feelings. I'm talking about I had stomach aches, heart palpitations. I just was like, oh my God, I missed an opportunity. And just from not paying attention or not knowing how to send this and beating myself up, like, oh my God, I should have had an agent. I should have talked to somebody. I should have, honey, whoop my own ass. So disappointed and really started to grieve, like really had tears dripping from my eyes. Like I had wanted this so bad and just knew that if somebody just took a peek at what it was that I was submitting, that I just knew it was about to be on from there. And this thing never made it to anybody. <laughs> it just, it's like them paper airplanes that just flop right out the sky and just boop, boop. But you know what? If I stayed there and convinced myself that I missed my one and only opportunity, I wouldn't have books on the market. I wouldn't have... Opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. I've done interviews. I've done consultations. I've done coaching. I've done editing. I've done all kinds of things to help other people because I love to help other people. But I couldn't wallow in my own pain. I couldn't sit there and grieve the situation. If you follow me for a while, you know that I have, you know, a mantra where 
I cry today and I plan tomorrow. That has saved my life on a number of occasions. It really has saved my life to give myself a day to feel the pain, to cry the tears, to sit with my emotion. And sometimes I start to plan the same day, but definitely by morning, I have to sit down and decide what am I going to do to move forward? Because I refuse to stay in a spot of pain. I refuse to stay in a spot of heartache. I have no idea when my life will end. I really would prefer not to end on a low note. I don't know. I could pass out, close my eye, I could walk down the street and just collapse. God forbid. Please, Lord, don't make it go that way. (laughs) But it can happen. And I would like the end of my life to be like, it's okay because I had a joyous day. I had a joyous moment right before. So I I try not to sit in the moment too much. Not to mention, if you know my story about my daughter and how long it took me before I was able to have her and how she's my eighth child, but she's my only living one. She's a very happy little girl, very happy in general, very happy. And so I want to keep her that way. She's also extremely sensitive and she's a mama's girl. She's always under me. She not here for the pain. She not, she want to know when you all choked up in your feelings and you can't talk. She don't know. She's like, why are you not talking? What's wrong with you? Why are you not <laughs> no sensitivity to the subject. What's wrong with you? Why are you not talking? Can you talk to me, please? Talk to me. Talk to me, please. Talk to me. And I love that about her because one, It brings me into reality, right? That like my pain is becoming her pain, okay? Because she feels shunned and she feels like you're not giving her her attention or that for some reason you're not talking to her. And so she's starting to take it personal and she's like, what's happening? She don't like the change. And at five, I feel like, look, I don't don't need to share too much pain with her because she can't process it or understand it in a way that's going to allow her to not internalize it and make it into something else. When she gets a little older or when I feel like she has a little more maturity, we can discuss the things, but I would prefer to discuss it through her own experiences and through her own pain, help her understand what she's going through as opposed to putting what I'm going through on her shoulders. Because what I'm going through is adult stuff and she's five. She don't need to carry adult stuff at five, not if I can help it. So it just, I love that about her because she pulls me back into reality and it makes me know that like, you know what? I have her and she gives me joy and I'm like, whatever else is going on and stuff like that, I'm going to have to figure out how to get my joy back on them angles because nah, we ain't sitting here like that. I love that she's happy. I love that I'm happy. So I'm going to do what I can to perpetuate the happiness in both of our lives. And for me, that means that despite my grief, I have to move on. And sometimes I have to do it simultaneously. Most times for me, I have to do it simultaneously. I lost twin girls in 2014 due to preterm labor. And later that year, I lost my son through preterm labor. So I lost three children in one year. The next year, three months after I had my son, I found out I was pregnant again and I was pregnant with Sadia. And oh my God, was I devastated because I was just not ready. Emotionally, I felt like I was not ready. But, you know, she was my full-term pregnancy. 
fairly uneventful pregnancy, very eventful labor though, but there was no time to say, oh no, I got to I gotta heal emotionally from them three kids. Did I seek therapy? Absolutely, I sought therapy. But that was me healing while I had to raise her. I still had to find a way to move on. I still had to find a way not to have her inherit this pain, have her inherit this emotional turmoil. I had to figure out how to move on. And I feel like it was helpful. Might it have taken me longer to heal For certain things, definitely from the loss of my children, it did take me a long time to heal from that. It took me years to heal from that. And I missed them. And it it took me a long time to let go of the guilt of saying that I healed. Because, you know, people will make you feel like, well, you didn't really care about them. How do you, how do you heal from that? How do you move on from losing your children? And it's just like, well, it's, it's not that I don't miss them or wish that they were here or loved them any less. It's just that I'm not going to sit in pain. I'm not going to take a bath in it. I'm not going to bathe in my pain. I'm going to shower myself with joy so that I can show them in the universe, you can be happy. You can be happy. I'm a believer in heaven. I'm a believer in angels. And I'm a believer in people who have gone on before you, looking down on you or passing you as spirits. I believe a lot of stuff. But in general... Even with my living child, the gift that I feel like I can give you that would be the most significant is for you to be able to live your life without the burden of mine. I don't want my child to grow up thinking she has to take care of me. I want to take care of myself. I want to assist her with taking care of her family until she's able to do it on her own and then continue that legacy. I don't want her to have to turn around and say, my mother can't pay her bills. My mother can't pay her mortgage. Mama, I got to do this from, I got to work twice as hard so I could take care of my mother. I don't want that for her. I want her to have the freedom to go on and take care of her folks, her people, not her folks like parents, but her people. And you know, her, her father and I have very different concepts of that. But for me, I don't want her thinking she got to take care of me and move me into her house and disrupt how her family go to take care of me. If she does it, that's fine. Out of love, that's fine. But I don't want her to have my life as her burden because the decisions I make and how I live my life is not her fault. That's me being my own person. And that's the gift. My aunt who raised me, she's more than able to take care of herself. Would I take care of her? Absolutely. Absolutely. But I don't have the burden of feeling like it's necessary or I have to. I have the love to say, I want to. It's not a burden. I would do anything for you. But I don't expect Sadia to have that. If she has it, fine. If she doesn't, that's fine too. I don't love her any less because I raised her to be independent and to go live her life and create a family of her own. And just know that her mother will always love her and will always have her back. But without the moving on, you don't gift your children that. And you need to gift yourself that. It's such a burden to have to handle relationships, business ships, and whatever, all kinds of relationships. It's such a burden to have to go at them with referencing all your old pain. 
It's such a burden to be like, okay, wait, let me check you against this list of pain. Let me see who you are. You know, I met a lot of people who acted like they solid, but they not. I met a lot of people who act like, you know, oh, I tell it like it is. I'm upfront or whatever. And it's full of shit. You ain't that. (laughs) You ain't that at all. But I don't have time or the patience to keep checking you against my list. My brain will connect you to the things that I see and I'll be cautious or whatever. But I don't have time because you and your lack of being solid, I'm going to see that eventually because you want it's going to come out in your actions. You're going to do something and real recognize real. I see when you miss that. I see that. I see when your words and your actions don't line up. I see that. And honestly, people are lazy. So people can't pretend for long periods of time. They get lazy. After a couple of weeks, they start being themselves. All of that, go hard, go hard, go hard. Yeah, okay. You may have a business contact who's so excited about you and so excited about your work. And you're like, yes, 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 yes. And then after a couple of weeks or a couple of months, you don't hear from them anymore or they not answering your phone calls or they don't have as much time available as they did before. They suddenly don't know the right people that they should be introducing you or something else is on hold and people are doing contracts and then they, and they never get back to you because, and you're like, I thought it was on hold and then they lifted the hold, but why you ain't come back? It's a lot. A lot of people ain't who they say they are or who they pretend to be. And a lot of people sometimes just lose interest, to be honest. Everything ain't that you fake. Some things that you just lose interest, okay? That you excited at first and then you lost interest, okay? And a lot of people don't know how to communicate that. They don't know how to communicate the failed interest because some of us connect it to you being fake, you being fraud, you being a phony, you wasting my time. You did it. Sometimes it's just clearly just a lack of interest. Something happened or something interested them more. And because we fight against it because our ego is so bruised, we have to say something is wrong with that person or in order for them to have not liked us longer or liked my work longer or wanted to invest in me longer. Like sometimes it ain't that. Sometimes it ain't that. And so we have to manage our ego as well to know that people should have the space to change their mind. People should have the space to no longer be interested and feel comfortable expressing that and not have to carry the burden of the fact that you're slighted by their lack of interest. I will tell you this. If you tell me you're not interested in me or not interested in my work or not interested in my help or whatever, I will respect you. Will it sting? Absolutely. But I will respect you. And I will not grieve the situation. <laughs> I will be like, okay, that wasn't for me. But I will respect you. My issue is with people who are supposed to be adults, who fear your reaction so much that they don't communicate what's going on with them. But I can't control that. What I can control is how long I'm upset about it. And what I allow me being upset about it to do to me, to my life, to my moments. And will I make this a roadblock or a stepping stone? It's really that simple for me. I try to turn all my pain into stepping stones. Even if it's in a relationship arena, you not a roadblock. Like, please don't give anybody so much power that they could be a roadblock to your heart's happiness. 
They are stepping stones because if they're not for you, you step on that pain and move closer to the thing that is for you, to the love that is for you, to the affection that is for you. They just stepping stones. Don't allow. I know sometimes when we have children with someone or we've been in a relationship for a long time, we let it block us. We let the end of that relationship block us. And what I'm saying is that if it hurts, let it hurt, but please move on. Please move on because I don't want you to be blind to what is for you. That you so focus looking at that thing that you think you lost that you can't figure out that there was a game. You need to be able to see that there was a game. You gain momentum in the correct direction. If it didn't work, it wasn't for you. It wasn't yours. Feel the pain, but don't let the pain stop you from going forward. That is the gist of everything I wanted to say. I know you're like, well, P, why you had to have this whole long show and <laughs> just said that in a snippet on Instagram? I probably could have, but you know I like to talk. Anyway, if you're interested in reading Savage Fever, it is so dope. There's three episodes out now. It's very much like television, so it's done in episodes. It's quick reads, probably take you about a half an hour to read each book. So you can like get it in and then, like I said, it's like television. You can get it in real fast and then keep it pushing. Savage Fever is available on Amazon. It's on Kindle. It's on Kindle Unlimited. Like I said, three episodes is out. Episode one is Drops of Fire. Episode two is Loyalty is Relative. And episode three is Blood on a Dance Floor. I'm very proud of this series. So you know I'm going to tell you, go check it out and leave a review. Do that, please. Okay, thank you. I appreciate it. But if you want to get up in my inbox, that's cool too. You could do both, but that's cool. All right? <laughs> I don't know what else to tell you. If you want to reach out to me, I'm at P Writes on Instagram. I'm also at P Writes on Twitter. If you're more of a professional person, don't mind me on Twitter. Sometimes I get reckless. It's all out of love. I'm just having fun. I'm enjoying my life. I hope you're enjoying yours. Until next time when we can exchange power. Peace. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.